what is that one one compelling you know reason for those new new sort of folks to sort of use your product over something else especially since you're just starting up i think the the um customers normally they don't have access at least at this size they don't have access to the ceo of clary or sure. of gone okay so the fact that they have me as a point of contact is i think transforms the relationship Hello everyone welcome to the SaaS podcast today we have Samir Rizab with us Samir here runs a company called Value Outbreak hey Samir welcome to the show thank you thank you for inviting all right all right Samir so let's talk about your company and product first right what does value outbreak do and why do customers pay you money okay so value outbreak is a revenue operations platform and it helps uh, sellers and revenue teams in general to achieve predictable growth All right. Uh so who are you trying to sell these particular product to? Talk a bit okay. about so, your ideal customers. So my ideal customers is um, uh, chief revenue operations or revops lead or CEOs, CFOs, um anybody who's uh, impacted by the revenue and the growth of the company. Uh so uh, if I can talk about this in fact this revops movement uh, very quickly if it's sure. okay with you yeah yeah absolutely so so sales um used to be until now and inaccurate and unpredictable um 57% of companies are not meeting quota according to gartner uh, and what we used to do and and by the way i used to be the head of revops head of sales strategy and business operations for salesforce and also head of consultative sales of oracle before um, founding a value orbit so what we used to do is to create 3 to 5 times pipeline as the target and try to guess uh, on which deal should uh, close and make the number so this was a luxury and we've had 11 years of growth fantastic era we had some bumps uh, on the road but it was great and then the crisis came and the global pandemic um, has fundamentally changed the way we live and work uh then the current crisis had taken us with uh, inflation and eroding demands so it's a new world of uncertainty and then um i know this one thing is that um is that the budget the sales budget was wasted and inefficient so bcg said 30% to 50% of the sales budget was wasted on efficient processes so it made me wonder that we need a new way to uh, sell uh so this is why i created a value orbit for the revenue leaders all right so that sounds pretty interesting in terms of your in terms of the problem that you're trying to solve so help me understand how exactly are you doing this so how how it varies from a typical crm like salesforce for example so what sort of intelligence are you extracting it and so talk so talk to me about that those exact product features which are sort of enabling you to do what you've just described okay so uh so leaders are looking for a better way to sell so what what is selling in fact is the quality pipeline and the quality over execution so over how we move or we make progress the pipeline and the forecast accuracy and this is exactly the three things that we do at value orbit so we call it uh precision revenue growth 
And what it does is that it is in fact it connects to your CRM system. So we connect to all the known ones like Salesforce and HubSpot. And then it automates the qualification. So if you're using Medic, MedPick, Band, etc., you can or you can customize your own. Then you can put your process. It, it captures the process that is in the CRM, and then it allows you to set up a set of rules that uh, dictates uh, in which cases you push which content to trigger which discussion or conversation with the uh, uh, with the customer, and it also recommends on pipeline hygiene what to update and where to update. And in fact, uh, it's a real-time guidance and real-time forecasting system. So you define your rules, you define your playbook, which is, as I said, it's the qualification methodology plus the content that you have. And you let uh, Value Orbit guide you through what to do next in terms of uh, conversations, in terms of uh, uh, enablement, uh, and, and also to hit the, the perfect forecast or to hit your number. Got it. And uh, in terms of, you know, I, I just want to close around the whole product aspect of it, right? So in terms of innovation, right? So for example, from what I'm hearing, all forecast, forecasting, all of these things, well, every CRM sort of tries to do it a bit, right? So I, I want to understand what's that technology that's enabling you to do this, which nobody has been really doing, at least okay. not been focusing so far. No, it's, it's, it's a great question. Um, in fact, it's the machine learning and in specifically and the AI algorithms. So basically uh, in RevOps, uh, Clary in terms of RevOps, in terms of forecasting, created the category and now it's followed by a number of competitors. And all of them, they're focusing on the uh, activities. So how many emails, how many uh, uh, meetings you organize, etc. And then they try to kind of qualify the pipeline out of your activities. Now we're doing something that is unique, which is we capture the activities that you do. We have a textbook editor, which in fact takes your meeting notes and update the CRM accordingly. That's, that's an innovation. And then once you do this, it captures the sequence of the winning uh, deals. That These are the patterns. And then it guides on what to do, on, on which uh, opportunity to work and what to do next to win, and also which opportunity and which account you should avoid. Okay. So uh, the RevOps, the traditional RevOps is focused on, I'll give you a forecast with the precision, but we're not doing this. What we're saying is that we help you to work in an easy way to update your CRM and also to do your qualification the right way. And we take the sequence and we try to tell you what to do next. So basically when you use Value Orbit, you only use next steps. It tells you exactly what to do and it tells you why you should do it. Got it. All right, so, so let's let's move on. Uh, let's try to understand, you know, a bit about the customers that you've got as of today and what sort of revenue are you doing? And, you know, help me understand a bit about all of these. So how many customers do you have on your platform as of today? In fact, I have, currently three customers mm -hmm. and the product has been released only a month ago. Just a month ago. Yes, just a month ago. And I have another list of uh, five, uh, a waiting list of five uh, customers. 
and I have, I think it's what's great about it is to talk about the unique approach for me to um, kind of how I see growth, because yeah. I, I think I see it in a very different way than the rest of the. I'd love community. to understand your your thought process on that. Yeah. So how 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 do you intend to sort of get those next set of customers first? So okay, okay. so so personally, um, I'm not um, so so even um, so the fact that I'm using AI to help the customers, my customers at least, qualify and work on the right accounts and opportunities. And I apply the same for myself. So I use my tool before any other person. And then I believe in one thing is that uh, in the initial set of growth, you need to validate your growth hypothesis and validate your go-to-work. Okay? So I kind of focused on a specific ICP, very specific ICP, uh, and then a specific person. And what and what how does that persona look like? And just talk about those first three customers as well. So as part of your story. Okay. Okay. So so uh, in the beginning, I focused on um, SaaS companies uh, that are in Series A to C. Okay. So now I started. I started with the Series A. Okay. That's the first customer. Okay. And my goal with this is that to kind of. Agree on the set of most important pain points and how to resolve them. And for example, what are the best processes? What are the best qualification approaches? And train the AI to make sure that it solves this set of early customers. That's the A. Then I move to the B now. I haven't tackled the C yet, but I move to the B and I'm trying to do the same. And what I'm trying to do is that I will not move to any other segments unless I prove the return on investment and I tackle the problem in in a real way. And the problem is not only technology, is that what's the right organization, uh, what's the right adoption, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Uh interesting. And when you say you want to prove this ROI, so how do you quantify that? Is it about uh, is it the CAG that's that that you, so, uh, customer acquisition cost that you need to spend to acquire these customers, or or is it whether your product is able to sort of satisfy their needs? What exactly are you looking for at this particular point of stage uh, when when you're sort of trying to build this, you know, GTM playbook? Maybe you can call it that. Okay. So so first, the first validation point for me is uh, the revenue. Um, improvement. So over. So what I didn't say is that even that the product was uh, ready, um, let's say two three months ago in in uh, in an improvement way. But I've been piloting now for seven months. And uh, what's important is that what's the impact. Mm -hmm. So what's the impact in terms of win rate, and what's the impact in terms of revenue. So that's that's what I'm looking for as the first validation. Now, I think you had a good question in terms of CAC. Uh, for me, um, I'm doing it on another side. So what I'm trying to do is that trying to say, um, refine the criteria to find the, um, uh, the ICP and to say, what is the best channel? So for the moment, I've been successful to get customers from my network but also 
also exploring. Uh, there are a lot of Slack chat groups yeah, that are extremely good, where you have thousands of uh, CROs and rev ups. And uh, these, I think, uh, chats were very helpful for me. That Slack groups were very helpful for me. So, in terms of discussion, validation, etc. Just, just, uh, just to get some more understanding here, right? So, when did you like write that first line of code for Value Orbit? When was that? Uh, a year ago. And you really, and when did you get that first customer or first dollar of revenue? So we've been now for seven months. So three months we prepared the first MVP, and we've been uh, kind of testing it with the first customer. Yes. Got it. So, so and you're still iterating on the product. I'm assuming based on your. Yes. Yes, yes, I'm iterating sure. all the time, but I'm I'm iterating all the time. And also, uh, when I was doing this, things were also changing in terms of context. Yeah. So when I started, uh, when I started the project, it was a forecasting because I was kind of in charge of forecasting for Salesforce and the Nordics, and I was struggling with the uh, Salesforce capabilities. So. There was a need to involve AI and improve the capabilities. And, um, and then over time, I discovered that now the, I think the wow effect is coming from the textbook editor and how you kind of update the CRM in real time. And also coming from how you uh, automate any workflow on top of the opportunities or uh, attach them to a sales a sales rep or a team member for onboarding and how this really um, scales and it connects your strategy to your execution. Got it. So, so uh, before we deep dive into your growth strategy a bit, right? So I just want to ask you one question, right? So you've sort of started your company in an established category, at least because assume revenue operations and intelligence is a proven, I wouldn't say proven, but it's a new category. There are like a bunch of leaders who are trying to prove it. So just talk to me about how, so when you were building MVP, right? So how exactly did you do it? So did you sort of took this traditional route of, you know, I'll go and talk to a bunch of customers. I'll, I'll try to understand what their problems are. And then maybe I'll start building a product for myself. Or would you just pick top five market leaders, look at what features they have. Let, let's build an MVP right out of it. So what was your approach? It's a good question. So um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm lucky because before starting Value Orbit, I've worked with um, hundreds, I think 100 plus of the CROs uh, and CEOs in improving their efficiency and increasing their revenue. So I've done it with Oracle and Salesforce. And then uh, doing this, I've worked a lot on the pain points and what uh, needs to improve. And so I've had the validation ready before starting Value Orbit. You, you've already had that context based on your prior experience, you would say. Yeah. So when you yeah. did your MVP, you knew exactly knew what features do you have yes. to build. That makes a lot of sense. That, that should have saved a lot of time as well. So I know a lot of people don't take this approach, right? So people think you have to build it the old-fashioned route. You've got to do validation, all of those stuff, but you really don't need to if it's a proven category, right? So it's it's about your GTM strategy that you need to get, right? All right, so so let's talk about these three customers. You mentioned you're still figuring it out and all, right? But where exactly did you find these three customers in terms of, you know, uh, first touch point? Was it through your network? Was it through these Slack channels you mentioned? So um, 
two of them was through my network. And the third, it was through a Slack group. Uh, and, and now uh, the, the waiting list, I'm, I'm building it. So I'm kind of using the same as everybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, growth hacking and non-scalable activities. Okay, so, so I, I get it. So Sami, I want what wanted to ask you a couple of questions here. Right? So so what's your ideal ACV size? So what sort of deals do you typically strike with? I mean, you are obviously not selling a hundred dollar deal to these big customers, right? You must have some. So, um, so let's say, uh, let's say for the moment it's around ten to fifteen thousand. All right, that that's awesome, right? So now yeah. I yeah now I want to understand right. So all of these growth hacking techniques that you mentioned, right? It's obviously hard to sort of, you know, it might work if you're working on, let's say, trying to close a thousand dollar deal or something like that, right? So you need a different playbook here. So what, what's, what's that that you're sort of trying to sort of, what, what's the route that you're taking? What growth channels are you exactly sort of investing your time and energy into? Can you give some yeah. examples? Yes. So for me, is mainly LinkedIn. And... Uh, I think what's what's important is that um, the first is to build. So I'm I'm now I haven't published yet, but I'm building a lot of content that um, I will publish. And because so so you have different sets of customers. I think the customers in the U.S., uh, especially the SaaS companies, are aware of RevOps. So RevOps started really to resonate with a lot of zeros and. Um, Within this, at least like uh, groups, uh, I see a lot of maturity in terms of what they expect, etc. And the pioneers in the domain did the work of at least creating awareness of the need for these tools. So, um, so that, that that's in the U.S. The rest of the world is different. So the rest of the world is that is it more greenfield? but in which you, I need to invest more to You're promote. educating the market as well. To educate the market. Got it. Yeah. So I want, I want to focus on the first thing, obviously, right? And I just want to sort of complete your, you know, your story as of now, as the, the growth channels that have been working for you. So just help me understand your funnel, right? For example, if you communicate, if you talk to someone interesting on, let's say, a Slack channel, right? He understands everything about RevOps. He might be working at a company which is looking, so, looking for a solution like yours, right? So what happens after that? How do you convert them to a paying customers right from that first touch point? So I know you have a couple of examples. So just talk about how it happened and how it might be optimized. So so I want to understand the entire funnel. basically. Okay. So um, for the moment, since that I've been having the sales strategy and business operations at Salesforce, and I have all this experience, um, I think it's easier for me than other entrepreneurs because I build the trust with the zeros and they, and with this trust, I try to kind of at least trigger or initiate a transformation in the way they sell and their wrap ups. So then we have this discussion into the current situation, into the to be situation and into how the platform enables this. And, and it's a win-win. For one reason is that on their side, I think they try to uh, at least uh, get my perspective as a different perspective or get this experience from hundreds of leaders. And they want to 
get insights on how to move forward. On my side, I'm trying to uh, build advocates and also validate what I'm doing. So for the moment, it's a win-win. So it's not the typical sales pitch where I go and I do my slides and I try to close, etc. It's more, you build the trust, you build the relationship, you try to help, you transform the, uh, you try to help them transform their uh, revenue operations. And at the same time, you gain from them. And at what point do you actually say, hey, I've got a product in this line. So are you interested in checking this out? When does it become an, an informational con conversation to, you know, a sales pitch? At what point of? For me, is, is uh, all is related to the pain. So I try to dig in the pain points and see if these pain points are really uh, first uh, kind of... Uh, you have the compelling event, so if they are uh, quantifiable and if they are hurting uh, the stakeholders and if they are the priority of the executives. So that's the most important point for me. So I try always to validate to say that, uh, always answer the questions uh, first, which is, I think, the, the, the first step of the medic is why they, they need to use my solution. Why me and why they use... So what's, what's that answer for that question? Why me, right? I mean, you can explain the space, hey, how this is going to help your company, but a whole bunch of other companies are also going to do that as well. And when, when that question is asked, why me, right? So especially given that you're just starting out, right? So what's, what's that one thing that's been working for you, right? So is it that innovative feature? Is it that trust that you've built with these folks? Or what is that one, one compelling, you know, reason for those new, new sort of folks to sort of use your product? over something else, especially since you're just starting out. Okay. So first, I think the the um, customers, normally they don't have access, at least at this size, they don't have access to the CEO of Clary or sure. of Gong. Okay. So the fact that they have me as a point of contact is, I think, transforms the relationship. That's, that's, that's one. The second is that... Um, I have, I think, a unique approach. So, so if you see the market, you will find, if you, if we talk about uh, qualification methodologies like medic, bat, et cetera, you will find qualification management solution or automation solution on one side, and you will find kind of forecasting uh, deal management on the other side. But you will not find an AI-powered solution that combines all of them together with the logic I had. So this is kind of, so the, I think the, the approach and the richness of the algorithm or the AI algorithm that takes the, uh, the uh, as I said, the qualification and also this easy to use uh, um, a textbook uh, editor, I think it, it, it's a differentiator. So I try to differentiate as much as I can. So. So basically, it's, it's, like, it's like you say, I take a Dooley, and I take a Gong, and I take Clary, and I take Close Plan, and put them together in, in a smart way, and you get my solution. And they've got access to the CEO right away. So. Exactly. All right. So let's, let's wrap this up, Sami. I think it's, it's been pretty interesting. So who's, who's on the founding team, and uh, how many folks do you have on your team as of today? So I have, uh, now I have eight people on my team. 
And uh, the founding team is that, uh, so I have uh, two AI professors, uh, university professors. And are, uh, are, they, are they in the role of advisors or are they sort of working with you actively? No, they're, they're working with me actively. So they with me, uh, works with me three days a week and uh, the second four days a week. And, uh, and it's, it's passion. It's, it's more than, uh, it, it's more than a job. It's, it's yeah. a passion. So Sorry. the intention that the intention is that to transform the way we sell. So we have, uh, kind of very high, uh, at least objectives and goals that we want to achieve. Got it. And have you raised any external funding so far? So I'm in a negotiation now. Uh, the only thing is. I really would like to validate uh, the ROI, the growth, et cetera. So I have funding. I have self-funding for a year, another year. Mm. Uh, but I'm negotiating because now I think the big question is that what will you get from an, from an investor and what will you give in terms of freedom and vision, et cetera? Uh, and, and the question is that time is precious. Um, is there a need to accelerate right away to occupy the market and grow quickly or not? So that's, that's, I think these are the debate, but I'm trying to get the right VC uh, or the right investor in general with the right mindset. And it should happen in the next uh, two to three months. Awesome. That's great, Sammy. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Hope you scale value over to much greater heights. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I much appreciate it.